This morning we're going to read Matthew chapter 21. The beginning of a week that Jesus would ride into Jerusalem. And a week that little did the disciples know or did the followers of Jesus know would be a rough week. It would be a week of turmoil. It would be a week of betrayal, a week of arrest, a week of stabbing one another in the back, a week of friends who you thought were friends turning and leaving you, abandonment. It would be a week of death. It would be a week of punishment, crueling agony. But it would be a week where the people of Israel would say, crucify him, crucify him, give us Barabbas. But it was a week that was marked by the beginnings of Jesus humbly coming into Jerusalem. The place that may we never forget, may we never forget this week and all the things that we're going to celebrate and talk about, that even though Jerusalem, the people did not welcome him, they did not make a space for him, and Jesus even said at one point, Old Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how I've longed to gather you like a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you would not let me. But yet Jesus rode the donkey anyways. He was full of love. And he poured out his love. And it started with this story here in Matthew 21, which is known as the triumphal entry story of Palm Sunday. The Bible says in Matthew 21 that when they had come near Jerusalem and had reached Bethphage at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples saying to them, Go into the village ahead of you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, just say this, The Lord needs them, and he will send them immediately. This took place to fulfill what had been spoken through the prophet, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, Look, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey, and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. And the disciples went and did as Jesus directed them. And they brought the donkey and the colt and put their cloaks on them, and he sat on them. And a very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. And the crowds that went ahead of him and that followed were shouting, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. And when he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was in turmoil, asking, Who is this? And the crowds were saying, This is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth in Galilee. I also want to read you one verse from Luke's account of the triumphal entry. Matthew, Mark, and Luke all record this, but Luke adds a verse there that I just wanted to show a different perspective. In Luke 19.32, when he talked about the disciples going and finding uh, to, the, to the donkey, it says this about them. So those who were sent departed, and they found it as he had told them. We'll come back to that in a few minutes. When I was in high school, and you probably had a similar experience when you were in school, I would walk into a classroom and on the board, there would be, in the, the corner of the whiteboard or chalkboard, there would be a corner right there that was reserved for a special few th announcements. At the top, it might have said the teacher's name, might have said the day's date. And then underneath that, most of my teachers did this, and probably your teachers too. Underneath that, there was a, another little section there that said, 
homework assignments. Boy, I hated that section. Because all that meant was I'm going to have to go home and spend hours trying to do this. And, you know, the expectation, expectation was that when I saw that corner there and I saw homework assignments, the expectation that was told at us at the beginning of the year was, some teachers said, I may not even tell you, but if it's in the corner of the board, you have to make sure you go home and do it because it's due the next day. And so we would take out our planners and write it down and record it. We'd take our textbooks and say the page number, do these assignments, this page, this page, this page. We'd come back the next day and same thing, do it all over again. And hopefully Friday there wouldn't be anything in that little box. You just never knew. It was always this kind of assumption that when there was an assignment given, the assignment had to be done. And the assumption was also from every teacher, if the assignment is not completed, there is no grade assigned to you other than a zero. And boy, did that hurt. There was always something about a zero or an incomplete. And most of the time I found that my teachers didn't even really grade the homework. They just wanted you to do it. So you got this completion grade. Well, as long as you did it, you get a grade for it. I think that made it even a little more frustrating was I put all that time in. At least let me know I got the answers right. Anyways, it was about completing an assignment. And when we read the story of the triumphal entry, it is the beginning of a week of events that would culminate in the death of Jesus upon a cross and his resurrection. But this story is the account of a very specific assignment given to these disciples. And you know, as you read this story, it's kind of an odd story, actually. Why would Jesus send the disciples to go ahead of them into the town and to get a donkey and a foal and go on into the, the town ahead of them? Why couldn't Jesus in the town that they were in just find one where they were at? Why did Jesus go through such lengths to make his disciples a part of this plan and send them on an assignment to complete it? There was a purpose in this. And what's amazing about this story is that here is Jesus Jesus has a bigger purpose in this, and he knows it, but the disciples have no clue. All they know is they have this assignment to go up to the town ahead of them and complete it, and therefore they ought to complete it. So here they are, and now they have to do what they have been told. Notice how when Jesus spoke to these disciples, he gave them four steps. Four simple steps. There was nothing more added. There was no other, like, I'm telling you this because it was just four simple steps. The four simple steps were, go into the village. You will find a donkey and a tied and a colt with her. Number two. Number three, untie them and bring them to me. Number four, if anyone says anything, just say, the Lord needs them. And you know what happened? Every step, everything that Jesus said to them, they went and did it, and they thought, well, maybe somebody's going to say something to us or not. Jesus even prepared them for that. Sure enough, somebody tried to stop them, and he says, but the Lord needs this, and the, on their way they went. What's even more incredible about this story is, is that out of nowhere, here comes Jesus. They put him on a donkey. They're going into the town. There is no announcement made. There is nothing said they just see Jesus riding on a donkey and the people who see him coming begin throwing their cloaks on the ground and making a way for him as if he's on the way, a royal entry into the town. Now, could the disciples have possibly known that? I don't believe so. Could the disciples know that there was a plan for Jesus to ride on a donkey? Absolutely not, because they hadn't even had the donkey yet. They hadn't seen a donkey. It wasn't a part of the picture. But this was an, a complete assignment that had to be fulfilled, and it resulted in a specific purpose being accomplished. 
And this morning, I want to talk to you about on assignment. On assignment. When Jesus spoke to his disciples at the, the, the end, before, after he resurrected and before he was about to ascend into heaven, he spoke to those disciples and he gave them a very direct command. And he said this, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Go into all the world and declare the good news which you have seen. And you have to think about this. Here are these disciples. They have just lived through a terrible week of Jesus being punished. They thought they were going to be arrested. They fled. They betrayed him. All the things that happened, they thought, well, we're going to go to find his body. The tomb was empty. There was anxiety. There was panic. And now they had just had the best 40 days of their lives because they thought that the Jesus that they loved, they discovered he's not dead. He's actually alive. And now they were able to spend those days with him, talking with him, learning from him. And the last thing Jesus said to them before he ascended into heaven, go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. There was an assignment. There was a purpose that had to be accomplished. All of that to say that you and I, every person in this room, not just the people who were on a stage, not just the people who are at the door greeting you, not just the people who we think have a title and, and et cetera, et cetera, what might follow that. Every purpose in this room has an assignment from the Lord. Every purpose, every person in this room has been gifted a purpose from God. Jesus did not have to use the disciples. That's what you're going to discover about this story. He did not have to have these disciples go ahead of them and get the donkey, but yet he wanted to invite them to be a part of his plan anyways. There was something greater for them to see in this. He could have left them out. He could have just got the donkey by himself, but yet there was an assignment that had to be completed. And after they completed their assignment, this sort of mysterious thing happened. The disciples brought him back, and they watched that these people just come to Jesus. We are a people of purpose. And may we never forget that here today. When you ever get down into a low point in your life and you think, what is my life worth? And maybe the enemy is whispering in your ear, I have no purpose, I'm just here taking up air. That's, that's a lie from the enemy. God did not create anything without a purpose. God created everything intentionally. Even the grass has a purpose. Even the sun has a purpose. Even the wind has a purpose. Even the little insects that crawl around on the ground that you and I stomp on, they have a purpose. Because everything that God breathes into, it has purpose. Because God doesn't breathe his breath into something that he doesn't intend to do something great on the earth. God breathes his breath into something that he intends to use for his glory. And so you and I are a people of purpose. So if we are a people of purpose, we have to remember that God created us with intention. He created you just the way you are with intention. He created your personality with intention. He created your mind with intention. He created the way you look with intention. God did it on purpose. You're not an accident. You're not a mistake. You're on purpose. And so if you're on purpose, then we have to ask the question, why, is, why am I here on purpose? What is my assignment? What has God created me for? All the gifting and talents and things in my life, what has God given it to me for? Because God doesn't make a mistake and God doesn't waste anything. God created us with a purpose. And so if God created us with intention and he saved us for purposes that would result in praise to God, what can we learn about being on assignment? Look, if there's ever a story that you want to learn about being on assignment, it's this one right here. Here's four steps, these disciples. Here's what you have to do. Here's a few things we have to learn about assignments. Every assignment is significant in God's kingdom. There are no insignificant assignments. Listen, going to untie a donkey and a colt might have seemed like an insignificant task. 
they might have thought, what's the purpose in this? Why are we going up ahead of just another donkey? As a matter of fact, why are we even going to the next town? Why don't we just go right here to this town? But they didn't ask any questions. They just went and did it. It seemed insignificant at the time. It seemed like a little thing. It seemed like, I don't know, is it really worth it? This walk that we have to go, the next village up ahead, we're going to even be away from Jesus? It seemed insignificant. But listen, every assignment is significant in God's kingdom. There are no insignificant assignments. And if God has given you and I an assignment, it is for a purpose that maybe we don't realize, but it is for a purpose and it's not insignificant. Our individual assignments are part of God's larger assignments. And even though we may not see how it fits into the big picture, trust in God's plan anyways. They are all important for the purposes of God. What could have happened from a donkey and a colt? No one could have imagined this. But the next thing the disciples know is that when Jesus sat on that donkey, people started flocking to him, laying their cloaks on the ground, and it resulted in one of the great marvels that you and I call Palm Sunday. It seemed like such a tiny thing. And this reminds me that all the times that when you and I are on assignment, that even when God speaks to us and calls us and uses us, and maybe we're going about our day-to-day -day lives, and God says to you in your heart and says, stop and say hello to that person, and we ignore it, and we say, and we think, well, Lord, that's just, why do I need to say hello? It seems so insignificant. But we don't realize that what might seem insignificant to us is significant to God. Remember, God doesn't waste anything. And if God's using his voice to speak it, it obviously has a purpose. There is a purpose behind it. There are no insignificant assignments in the kingdom of God. Listen, if God is the master architecture, if he is the author and perfecter of our faith, every detail down to the tiniest little period on the paper of the big picture book called Life, it's important. It's important. Don't ever discount what God is doing in the little things. It's often in the little things that work up into the resulting of praising God. They could have never imagined that going and just simply untying a donkey. It's so simple. It's so little. It's so easy. But yet it resulted in people coming and praising God so much so that people started going and saying, Who is this? It got the attention of Jerusalem and they began to declare, This is the prophet Jesus. I have a friend. And my friend recently, he was going about his day and he felt prompted by the Lord to go and hand someone $20. And you know, you think, what's that going to do? You, know, you never know. And little did that my friend know that that resulted in someone who came to eventually to a point in their life where they said, you know what? I need Jesus in my life. And oftentimes it seems like what may seem just so insignificant for us and it might seem like a little task might just be the eye-opening thing for someone else's world. It might be the thing that changes somebody's life. And there are no insignificant assignments in the kingdom of God. Secondly, you see this. Is that those disciples, when they were given the plan, they were only given four steps. Go into the village. You're going to find a donkey. Untie them. Bring them to me. If anyone says anything, just say, the Lord needs them. As strange as it may have seemed, notice there wasn't a complete picture here. There was no, I want you to go do this because of this. There was no, here's why I'm sending you this because we're ultimately going to do this. They were only given four steps. And those four steps were all that they needed. Assignments are not about knowing the why, but understanding the how. 
It's not about understanding why God, why God, why are you doing this, why are you doing this? It's about understanding how, or how do I do what you're calling me to do? Well, how do I go about doing it? What, is, what am I supposed to do? It's about grabbing a hold of the four steps or whatever it is that God is calling us to and completing it and not understanding the why. It is unique that Jesus does not give them the big picture why. He simply tells them how. And you and I, oftentimes in our world, we get caught up trying to know the why. We want to know why, Lord, why, Lord? Why are you doing this? Why is it this way? Why does it have to be that way? Why, 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 why? When God is simply calling us to act by faith. And faith is obeying God even when you don't know the outcome. Faith is going forward with the steps even when you can't see what's it going to result in. Faith is just saying, okay, Lord, you are going to go untie a donkey. Let's just go do it. There's no thing that says people are going to come and praise me and all this wonderful thing. It's simply going and saying, yes, Lord, I'll do it. It's walking in obedience even when you don't know what's up ahead. It's trusting in God's plan. It's the type of faith that was given to Abraham in Genesis chapter 12 and said, leave from your land. I'm going to send you somewhere. Where? Why? Just go. There was no explanation. There was no detail. Do this, this, and this. It was simply go. Go into this land that I'm calling you. And that is all that faith is. We often in our lives, in our Western world thinking, want to see the complete picture. We want to have it all mapped out for us. We want the textbook view of God's plan for us and say, Lord, just show me beginning to the end. Here's my five-year plan. When sometimes God is not calling us to live by a five-year plan, it's calling us to live. He's calling us to live day by day, trusting in the Lord, Amen. walking by faith. I can't see tomorrow, but I know the one who holds tomorrow, so therefore, I'm just going to trust in him today. Today. Amen. And you know what? That type of faith, that type of person, God never goes without rewarding. Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. For he that comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. That type of faith does not go unrewarded. And that type of faith not only goes unrewarded, but it guarantees the help of the Lord. Because someone who throws their anchor on Jesus and says, Lord, today I need you, is this person who can be pulled by the anchor that is Jesus and trust in him to lead us tomorrow, in the future, next week, every moment of our lives. Assignments are not about knowing the why, but about understanding the how. Lord, what are you calling me to do today? How am I supposed to live for you today? What is my assignment today? And just going with it in faith. The second, third thing you're going to see here is that when God gives an assignment, He provides the resources to accomplish the assignment. Notice how Jesus said to them, If anyone says anything to you, just say this. The Lord needs them. And the Bible says that the disciples went, and you know what they did? The Bible, in Luke 19 and 32, it says that those who were departed, they found it as it had been told them, as he had told them. Listen, God is a man of his word. When God speaks, his word is a promise. It's a word you can take it to the bank. And when God gives a word, God is faithful to every word in his assignment. They found it just as he had told them. And listen, I know we're living in this culture that's often like seeing is leading to believing. But Jesus called them here to just believe even when you don't see. Even when you can't see the outcome. When God gives an assignment, you and I can trust that if God has ordained it, he will complete it. 
If God has called me to live out my life of faith, he will help me live out my life of faith. If God has called me to do this thing, if God has called me to give and help someone, then God, we can trust that there will always be the resources to accomplish the assignment. This is why the psalmist declared, I know the Lord, he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. I know, Paul said, you don't have to worry about when you're giving to the trust of the Lord, the help of the Lord, the resources of the Lord, the kingdom of the Lord. I know, the Lord shall supply your need according to his riches and glory. Why? Because when God gives an assignment, it's not accredited to what I have in my hands. It's accredited to God's glory, which is infinite and goes on and on and on forever. The word of the Lord endures forever, the Bible says. When God gives an assignment... He provides the resources to accomplish the assignment. He's faithful. And I hope this morning you'll understand that because God is faithful, you and I, we can do the assignments we've been called to do. We can live out the purpose we've been called to live. Whatever it is, we can go forward with it in Jesus' name. And fourthly, you see this, is that assignments require an ear to hear. How many of us have an ear here this morning? I think all of us have an ear here this morning. But do we have an ear to hear? It's not the type of listening that some husbands do to their wives where it goes in one ear and it comes out the other. It's an ear to hear. And Jesus talked about this multiple times in the New Testament. Throughout the Gospels, to the churches that were wrote in Revelation, to him that has an ear, let him here. Now it's kind of hard to think that we can all have an ear but we can't hear. But Jesus made the point about it that it is possible you can have an ear and not hear. And what it talks about is this, is Jesus said to these disciples that they went onto the town of the head of them in Matthew 21 and 6 and it says the disciples went and did as Jesus had directed them. Having an ear to hear is about following the direction of the Lord. It's about saying, Lord, who do I encourage today at doing it, following the direction? It's about saying when the Lord gives us a little nudge, maybe says, write a card to someone, just let them know you're thinking about them. And you do it as the Lord directs them. That's an ear to hear. Because there are many ears in the world, but there's only a few that hear to the Lord. And the ones that hear are the ones who do as the Lord directs them. And there are even many more who maybe hears as the Lord gives and speaks and directs, but don't do it for some reason or another. Assignments require an ear to hear. And you and I have been gifted in this world that we live in. Thank God for this. We have been gifted the Holy Spirit who abides in us, who is with us, walking with us, helping with us every day. This is why when you read the book of Acts and we're wondering, oh my goodness, how did the church explode and do all the things that they did? It started when they were waiting for the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit came, and then watch what happened. The church exploded. It went and did all the feats on the earth that they were doing. They were sent here, there, and everywhere. Why? Because the Spirit was with them, directing every step where they were ought to go. And you and I, in this world that we're living in, what God is looking for are people who are willing to simply listen. There's a lot of people in this world who maybe know the Lord. But I'm convinced now and more and ever that there maybe are fewer and fewer who are willing to listen. Listening means this. 
is that I will be willing to be silent with my own plans, my own voice, to say, Lord, what is your voice saying? Willing to listen means to say, God, not my will be done, but your will be done. Willing to listen is to say, Lord, crucify my flesh. Nevertheless, I, but Christ live in me. It's the type of willing to listen that says, Lord, whatever you want to do, wherever you want me to go, whatever you want me to say, whatever you want me to do, I will do it. That's what Jesus means when he talks about an ear to hear. He that has an ear, let them hear. We often forget that the people that the church, the churches that Jesus was writing to in Revelation, they were just that, churches. But Jesus told them, he that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. How many times are there are people in our churches who are not listening to the voice of the Lord? Even in my own life, going through seasons of busyness and work and all the things caught up in the activity of ministry, but missing the time to say, Lord, what are you saying to me today? I know what my job says of me today. I know what my, my, my family says of me today. But what are you saying to me today? What is your assignment for me today? It's pausing to say, yes, Lord, I will listen. An ear to hear. Musicians, you could come. Why did, this, why did Jesus send the disciples to get the donkey? It seems like a simple task. He could have got those donkeys from anywhere. You know why Jesus did that? What was the big purpose in this? Why did Jesus invite the disciples in this? It's because this. is if you and I were created for a purpose, and our purpose is to result in praise to God, then it means that Jesus always leaves an opportunity for you and I to join into that purpose. He wants us to be a part of that great celebration. He wanted his disciples to see that what he said is true, that if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. He wanted his disciples to see that you're not crazy. I am the king of glory. I will fulfill thousands of years of scripture, even though it says, tell the daughter of Zion, look, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey and on a colt, the foal of a donkey, fulfilling the words of Zechariah. I want you to see, disciples, my purposes are never in vain. And you know, perhaps Zechariah had a moment where he wrote that down and wondered, I wonder if I'll ever see this. But the disciples got to see it. The king of glory coming in. And it was all because of an assignment. And you know, you and I are here today in the church that belongs to the Lord Jesus today because Jesus completed his assignment. He went to the cross the Bible says it was the joy set before him. He endured the cross. He had an assignment to do. At one point, Peter even tried to stop him and say, No, Peter, no, no, Jesus, they're not going to do that to you. He cut off the servant of the high priest's ear, tried to stop him from arresting Jesus. At one point, he told Jesus, No, you can't die like that. And Jesus looked at Peter and said, Simon, Simon, get behind me, Satan. Even in all of that, Jesus knew there is nothing that will keep me from accomplishing my assignment. I have sent, been, been sent by God, for God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son, that whosoever should believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Jesus came on assignment, and now he sent you and I on assignment. How are we listening today? How's our ear to hear? Maybe God's been working in your life, dealing with you today. Are you willing to say, yes, Lord, I will go, I will do, I will say. Will you stand with me this morning?
every eye closed this morning, I want to encourage you today. You might be here today and you think, what in the world am I doing here today? Why am I in this church gathering on Palm Sunday? It's because God has purpose for you. And God created you with purpose. And he's inviting you to participate in his grand plans because he loves you. And because he loves you, he invites you. And because he invites you, you get to celebrate the joys of the kingdom of God. Life, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. This morning today, there's assignment for you. Are we willing to listen? If that's you today, would you just come this morning, stand here at the front, say, yes, Lord, I will. I know, Lord, I might have been running in the wrong direction. I might have been ignoring my purpose and my assignment. But today, Lord, I'm going to do what you've called me to do. I'm going to live my life for you. My life is not a waste. It's not in vain. It's full of purpose. It's you, God, however you want to use my life, I'm going to give it to you. It's on assignment. If that's you this morning, please come. Just come this morning. Stand here at the front. We want to pray with you today. Just as an act of surrender, Lord, we want to give our hearts to you. I'm here for you, Lord, on assignment. I know, Lord, the flowers shall fade, the grass shall wither. My life is like a vapor, Lord. It shall all come and go. But, Lord, on the time that I have left on this earth, Lord, I want to be on assignment from you. I want to do all that you've called me to do. I want to be faithful to you every day of my life. However you're speaking, however you're sending, yes, Lord, I will go. I will go, Lord. Lord, this morning we come to you, Jesus. We come to you today, Lord, and we give you our lives this morning, Lord. Lord, we don't want to give you our lives for nothing, Lord. We know, Lord, you created us with purpose today, on assignment. And this morning, Lord, we all realize today that we are on assignment today. You came riding into Jerusalem on a donkey that resulted in praise to you, Lord. And God, how much more shall you be at work in our lives, even so today, that will continue to result in praise to you, Lord. God, may you use our lives, Lord. May you use us, Lord Jesus. I give you my life, Lord. I give you all that I have to offer today. I surrender it to you, Jesus. I'm not withholding anything from you today. I give it to you.